Jesus is coming again. <laughs> Jesus is coming again. Now, here's what I want to tell you. There are people that want to ignore it. There are people that want to dismiss it. There are people who don't even want to believe it. And those are people inside the church. But please listen. Whether you believe it or not, whether you want it or not, or whether you're ready or not, Jesus is coming again. The title of the message today is Jesus is coming again. You know what? Jesus said it in his word, in his word when he was on earth. He said in Matthew 24, watch this, he said, Two will be working at the mill. One will be taken, one left. He said, two will be uh, working in the field. Two will be taken, and one will be left. And the implication is, two will be married. One will be taken, and one will be left. The title of our message today is this, Ready or not, here I come. We've worked our way, if you want to go ahead and turn in your scripture to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we have worked our way now through the, this model church, this letter that Paul wrote to the model church at Thessalonica. We will finish it tonight. As Paul has written this letter, he has majored on this theme that Jesus is coming again. If you get nothing else, if you walk out the door today and get nothing else, here's the deal. Jesus is coming again, whether you're ready or not. Paul thought so much of the second coming that his letter that we have now divided into five chapters. You do realize that Paul didn't write write them chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 2. He wrote a letter, and we divided it up. You do realize that this is a letter, and if you take take the five chapters of of 1 Thessalonians, here's what you discover. You discover in all five chapters, at the end of each chapter, Paul references the second coming of Christ. Chapter 1, verse 10. Chapter 2, verse about 19. Chapter 3, verse about 13. Chapter 4, verse about 15. Chapter 5, of course, a lot of chapter 5, but verse 23 in specific talks about the second coming of Christ. Because, folks, please listen. There may be some things that don't happen. Teenagers, I hate to tell you this, you may never graduate college. You may never get married. You may never have children. But Jesus is coming again. And he's coming whether we're ready or not. If you will, let's stand together and get our scripture in front of us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Paul writes it this way. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so let us not sleep as others do, but... Let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath. 
but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will take this portion of your word and I pray that you will open our hearts to it in such a way that we can see your truth. We can see your love. We can see your hand. We can see you working. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When I was a kid, that was long before technology, teenagers. You know, today, the way I, our uh, three-year-old yesterday, we had him for two or three days. By the way, if that looks like bags under my eyes, it is. We had our three-year-old, and he loves to play games on the iPad. Oh, little kid. But before technology, before we pulled out our phones and we typed and ignored everybody around us, before we pulled out our iPads and we played games, we had a game when I was a kid. We called it Hide and Seek. Most of you remember the names, that game. Some of you are shaking your head yes, and you really don't because you all stopped playing it somewhere. But you know how that's played. You've got a group of people, and then there is one who has this very classy name. He's It. And what It does, do you remember? He hides his eyes, and he counts to some predetermined number, And everybody goes and hides. And everybody's hiding so they won't be found because you get found and get touched, you're it. They also are planning their escape back to base so they don't get touched. Because they get touched, they will become it. Now, I don't know what it was for you, but for us, it was 20. It would count to 20. He would go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. Y'all got the idea? 20 Mississippi, and then he would shout to the top of her, to the top of their lungs and say, Ready or not, here I come. And you know what they told you? Here's what they told you. They told you they'd given you enough time to prepare. And I'm giving you any more time. You better get ready because it's coming. If you played that game, you can picture it in your mind. Here's my question. Can you make the parallel? Jesus came and he lived on this earth. He gave us instructions. He gave us words. He told us what we had to do. He left us time to prepare. Last Sunday night, we read in chapter 4 that one day the trumpet's going to sound. It's going to be the trumpet call of God. I believe it's going to be Jesus himself as we read about his trumpet-like voice in Revelation 1. And when he speaks and the trumpet sounds, then it's going to be too late. I want to say that again. When we hear the trumpet call of God, then it's going to be too late. Because you see, whether you like it or not, want it or not, believe it or not, one day, Jesus is coming, ready or not. As I read this text, there are a number of things that jump out at me. Another sermon for another day. You can look at those 11 verses. You can see this, that Paul wrote to three groups of people. He wrote to you. You can find it. Verses 1 and 2, you can find some more down in verse 4. He wrote to you, talking about the local church, those who choose to follow Christ. He was, he was giving instructions to you. Then he writes to them and those 
those are the ones that are not going to make it. Those are the ones that are going to be left behind. And then he ends this section by talking to we and us, as he identifies with us. And the truth is, he's trying to make us be sure that we're ready when Jesus returns. Ready or not, when the time is right, Jesus is returning. I want to give you two thoughts about that, about how to be ready, about how to process, about how to know, about how not to be part of the ones who are left behind. Just two thoughts. First of all, be realistic. First of all, be realistic. Now, what are you talking about, Brother Jerry? Well, how realistic you are about Jesus' coming depends on your worldview. Most of us in this room say that we have a Christian worldview. We see the world through Christian eyes, when truth is, many of us have a moralist, a moralistic worldview. A moralistic worldview is where you think if everybody has done something and acts according to a particular set of morals and principles, if everybody is good and gracious and kind to one another, throw in a little southern hospitality, everybody's kind of on the up and up, then that's a Christian worldview, but it's really a moralistic worldview. The second worldview that I suggest to you is what I call a secularistic worldview. That's what the majority of this world has. Now watch this. Here's how you get your secularistic worldview. You find which way the wind of culture is blowing and you believe it. I mean, think about it, those who are my age and older. There was a time when uh, we thought what the Bible calls fornication, sex outside of marriage, was wrong. We still believe that. Well, we do in the minority, but, but not our culture. I mean, at some point we were told we couldn't even tell our kids to abstain from sex until marriage. And then it came from, from fornication to adultery. There was a time you divorced in this country over adultery. You don't do that anymore because our secular culture has told us adultery is not really that bad. And I don't even have to talk to you about the third perversion in the Bible. Talk about homosexuality, we're fighting that battle right now. And listen to me, the fourth, the fourth battle will be what they call in generational love, what we call incest, what the Bible calls sin. I mean, we could go there, we could go to the lies. How long has it been since you felt like your government was not lying to you? Lies become a state of the art today. Lying, cheating. I mean, you can go right down the list. Everything that the Bible teaches is one way. The, sec- the secular culture thinks is another way. And Jesus calls this the broad gate. He calls it the wide gate. He calls it the way that leads to destruction. And some of you are saying, yeah, one day they're going to get theirs in hell. No, listen to me. If you're paying attention in this country, this country is on a greased banister, banister to destruction. Because we have a secularistic worldview. The third worldview I'd suggest to you that controls how realistic you can be is the Christian worldview. And the Christian worldview, please listen, is this simple. As best as you can, as best as you know how, you base your life on God's Word and the principles and precepts found therein. And if one of these principles, like says, let me step on everybody's toes. And if one of these principles stepped on one of our principles, we don't say, well, I know what the Bible says, but what I believe is you just stepped into sin. It should be, I know what the Bible says, so therefore, this is what I believe. 
The Bible tells us clearly that Jesus is coming again. He's coming again whether we like it or not. He's coming again whether we want it to happen or not. He's coming again no matter what. Here's what I'm going to say to you is that if you have that secularistic worldview, chances are you're going to be like the little girl Patty and you're going to be left behind. As we relate it to the second coming, I want to offer you three truths about three ideas about being realistic about the second coming of Christ. The first thing I would offer you is this, the, the truth of his return. The truth of his return. Because I believe the Bible, because I've chosen to believe Jesus Christ, because there is more evidence for his life, death, and resurrection found in history than there are some of our world wars. Because of that, I trust and I know Christ, and I, as I know Christ, this is what he said. He said, I will return. And when he was on earth, he said it a lot of different ways. But he said, are you listening? I will return. Now, I don't know who it is that you trust in your life. But when, um, when there is a person on earth who says, okay, go ahead and kill me. Put me in the ground. In three days, I'll come back to life. When somebody can do that, I'm pretty well going to trust them. Y'all got what I'm telling you? You see, Jesus said, I, I'm coming back, and he did. Now watch this. Get with me in the Bible about the truth of his return. Look in verses 1 and 2. There are a couple of technical terms here I want you to see. He says, now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. Now I want you to think about times and seasons. Some people say, well, Jesus is not coming back because he's not come back already. Well, listen. He's only been gone a couple of days. Peter tells us that a thousand years is as a day. He's only been gone a couple of days. The truth of his return is about the times and the seasons are are better said. If you look at that word, it means ages. It means opportune times. It means when the signs are right. And he said, you know, if you, did you go in there? He said, you have no need to be instructed in this matter. And you're going, why didn't, they have to, why didn't they have to know about this? And Paul tells them when he writes the second letter, he says, do, not, do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you all of these things? They had already been taught. And they understood the days. And by the way, that, that times and seasons, Jesus said, it's not for you. Are you listening? Jesus said it's not for you to know the time and season. In fact, he said, as we heard on the screen, no one knows the time except the Father in heaven. Not even the angels. No one knows the time. The second technical term term I'd like you to see is in verse 2. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord. Now, don't be confused about that. In the Bible, the word day means two things. There is a sense it means 24 hours, like in Genesis 1, and the evening and the morning became the first day, 24 hours. But in a larger sense, that word day means a period of time, the day of the Lord. Like 
And in fact, in that case, it's mentioned over a hundred times in the Bible where, it's, where it says in that day. Like Isaiah, let me read this to you. 2.11, it says, In that day the Lord alone shall be exalted, and the lofty looks of men shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down in that day. The day of the Lord quite likely is not a, is not a 24-hour period of time, but it is a day, are you listening, that is kicked off. By something called the, the rapture. It's mentioned in Matthew 24. It's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15. It's mentioned now in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's mentioned in, in Revelation chapter 4 that one day there's going to be a rapture. And I know preachers and theologues have debated and kicked this around all about eschatology and all this. We're not going to argue that. I'm not going to break faith with somebody who has it, who, who believes differently than I, but a, he's going to come like a thief in the night. There's going to be a shout. There's going to be a catching away of God's people. And it's going to be in an hour, you think not. And he's coming. Listen, are you listening? He's coming to save his people from the wrath to come. But he's only going to save his people. The truth about the resurrection. What about the timing? Excuse me, the truth about the return. The timing of his return. The time of his return. I've already said a couple of times, no one knows the day and the hour. There's plenty of prophecies out there to tell us about that day. But I'm going to give this to you simplistically. You know when people are, you know when he's going to return? When nobody expects him to. In fact, in this, in this particular verse, he says, when people are saying there's peace and security, when they're saying everything's good, when they're saying this world's okay, when everything is just going about its regular business, that's when Jesus is going to split the eastern sky and return. That's when God is going to send him. You see, the truth is, people have been trying to predict the second coming, the end of the world. For years. I remember when I was on staff, I may have told you this in the last 10 years, but if I did, like the rest of the sermons, you, did not re- you do not remember it, so you won't know that I told you before. 1990, I was on staff as worship leader at Myrtle Grove Baptist Church, Pensacola, Florida. It was January of that year, and I had a little box that Dr. Butler would always put little messages in there, and he and I had quite the relationship, a lot of fun. And one day I walked in there, and there's a little paper clipping. And there's a note on there from Dr. Butler, and he says, Hey, J.W., he said, you might want to put this on your calendar. April 23rd, 1990, Miss Prophet, one of the leaders of the cultic church, said that the world was coming to an end. He just thought I needed that on my calendar. Wouldn't you like that on your calendar if you knew when it was happening, when the time was coming? I, I thought it was cute and funny, and he and I had a big laugh about it. But you know what the truth is? Jesus is coming. When I preach like this, you know what the normal response that I get? Oh, come on, preacher. Lighten up. You're way too overboard with this Jesus returns bit. And I'm going to say this to you. If that's your your attitude and idea, you may be the one that's not going to make it. Because for the children of God, for those who've been redeemed, I told the the teachers this morning, last prayer in the Bible is, Come, Lord Jesus. And one translation says, Come quickly. I prayed that before. Because 
The person without Christ looks to the end of life. The person with Christ looks forward to, to life and life everlasting. If you look at the entire prophecy of this book, you know what you discover? There is not one prophecy remaining before Jesus' return. I understand that, that opening clip about Patty, that movie was made 40 years ago. A few years ago, they came back and they made a new movie called Left Behind. Stars familiar face, Kirk Cameron. I want you to put yourself for a second in a car or a plane. And all of a sudden, without warning, it happens. Watch. So, I was my first flight attendant. Okay, but as I was telling you, we're kind of a big story. Trying to get the look. Thank you again for making those phone calls. I got the job. You did. Great, congratulations. It's going to be a big change. Oh, you're going to find I'm dead. I can't wait. Yeah, you want some Especially right now. And this is? I hear about you leaving us. What, are you going to take some time off? I'm taking the job at the U.N. Tonight's my last flight. Why? Well, you just want to change? Just felt it was time to move on. Right there. Honey, have you 
seen the kids? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see them. Where are they? Where are my kids? think not and like a thief people will be caught away that brings us to the tragedy of his return did you catch that husbands lose wives wives lose husbands parents lose children adult children may lose parents list goes on and on. At the sound of God, many will be taken, but more will be left. The truth is, I've said it repeatedly, Jesus said, two will be together. One will remain, one will be gone. Without warning. It's when the Lord God looks over at Jesus and he simply says, it's time. Go. Preachers don't preach this truth much anymore because church members say, you're an alarmist. You're trying to scare people into heaven. I'll tell you two things. First of all, I'm just the messenger boy. We're preaching here today because it came next in the text. Second thing I'd tell you is that if I could frighten you into following Christ, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But I can't. You see, fear may cause you to an altar just to pray a prayer to clear your conscience, but fear has a way of not having a long-term impact. As I Begin to end. Please listen to the Holy Spirit. And the second truth that I'm calling you to today is to be ready. To be ready. Many people tell me today, I'm ready to go to heaven, Brother Jerry. And then I say, well, man, you're looking forward to standing before God. Well, now I don't know about that. You see, people want to go to heaven to that wonderful place in the sky by and by. The beautiful land. 
But to stand before God in judgment? Oh, we're not quite ready for that. But the Bible says there's only one way into heaven, and that is to stand before the Lord. The Bible says it's appointed a man wants to die, and after that, judgment. And the only people who will not die are those folks who are translated at the rapture, but judgment still looms. You have to be ready to meet him. I beg you to be ready. Three quick truths. To be ready, you have to get ready by being saved. By being saved. Verses 9 and 10 tell us that God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. You understand what he's saying? He's saying if you're asleep, you're going to live with him. But if you're awake here on this earth, you should live with him. It should be that type of life-changing experience. The worship crew just pointed us to the cross because that's where Jesus shed his blood. That's where Jesus made the way. That's where Jesus brought about your life change. When you bow your knee to Jesus, when you arise, you arise with him like he arose from the dead and you're being raised to walk in newness of life. Jesus died for us because nobody else could do it and Jesus is the only way to heaven. And it is only through Jesus that you get Ready. Oh, that's happened to me, Brother Jerry. Okay, that's great. I just want to ask you a question. And if it really happened to you, you will not be offended at this question. When you met Jesus, was it a landscape-altering, lifestyle-changing, sin-forsaking decision where you turned from the way you were going and you turned to follow Jesus with all you are and all that you will ever be? You know, you can march to this altar. You can bow your knee. You can even shed tear every service from now to the day Jesus comes. But if your life never changes, you'll be one of the ones left behind. Oh, please be saved. If you'll be saved, the truth is your life will change directions. Your heart will change directions. Your want-tos will change directions. Your priorities will change directions. Watch this, guys. Friends will change. Be saved today. Second thing it says in our text is to be sober. To be sober. Brother Jerry, I haven't drunk any alcohol in a while. Well, that's good. You means you're a good Baptist. We love shouting. Be not drunk with wine, where is an excess? But then we whisper, but be filled with the Spirit of God. You know, I dare say, don't beat me up and don't throw me out. I dare say, that alcohol in your veins will not send you to hell. But you know what happens when alcohol gets in your veins? It becomes your God. You violate the first commandment. How is that? Well, have you ever seen somebody drunk on alcohol and they're saying the stupidest things and they're acting a fool and somebody goes, that's not them, that's just the alcohol talking. Did you know that's exactly what our Lord wants for us. Oh, that's not... Don't pay any attention to Amy. She's just full of God. And she, that's just God talking to her. Did you know that's sober-minded? Thinking clearly? Because he's in control. 
be saved. Be sober. Be sure. Be sure, number three. The truth is, more people than not, when I ask them, do they know the Lord, they'll go, well, I hope so. Well, you know, I got baptized when I, that's the big one, I got baptized when I was 16 years old. I had, I had one guy to give a testimony. He said, I've been baptized, I've been dipped, I have been sprinkled, I have been christened, and I think somebody just said a prayer over me. He said, I'm, I'm covered. Well, he wasn't. Bible says, John writes, 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you who believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know. You don't have to guess. It's not about if your good works outweigh your bad works. It's about what you did with Jesus. Are you looking forward to his coming? What have you done with Jesus? Jesus is coming again, ready or not. I began this message with that story about hide and seek. Now, sometimes, I want you to tell you this, sometimes in our crowd, it, y'all remember that famous person, it, it would cheat. Instead of counting to 20, they'd count to 12. And then they wouldn't say, ready or not, here I'm coming. And they'd find us in some of the most awkward places that you can imagine. Here's your warning cry today. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? When the trumpet sounds, it will be too late. Please. 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 Don't be left behind. I have to tell you, I have a recurring nightmare. My nightmare has to do with looking over this congregation. And one day, arriving in heaven and not seeing you there. Please don't be left behind. Come to Jesus today. Let's pray.